Hey folks, I'm here today to tell you about Visible. Something unfortunate about wireless services, what you see isn't always what you get. But with Visible, what you see is what you get. No perception check required. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just $25 a month, taxes and fees included. If you're looking for a carrier that is upfront with no hidden fees, then go to Visible.com to make the switch. You don't need more than one line of wireless to save, and you're going to be getting unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Visible is the wireless carrier that's constantly operating from a zone of truth. In their quest for total transparency, Visible wants you to know the monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, go ahead and roll for perception. I got a 13. Hey, that's pretty good. With that, you can tell there's some fantasy situations going on. You hear some adult language. And with that, you can tell this podcast probably isn't for kids. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Dungeon Cast. I'm Brian. And I'm Will. This is the podcast where we talk about everything Dungeons and Dragons, from masterful magicians to magnificent manticores. And today, we're revisiting the monk. All right, Brian. Hello. We're revisiting the monk. Good. It's been a while. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Shout out to Eric Silver. Yeah, shout uh, out to Eric the party Silver podcast. the party, yeah. Our, he, he joined us last time. He we did. talked about the monk. That's actually like uh, <clears throat> competing for like our best episode on YouTube, I, it I think. Is, it is our most viewed episode, I think, across 11,000 views uh, just the other day. Oh, yeah, cool. Very, very happy. So hop that. on this one, guys. Yeah, absolutely. So go <laughs> check out that episode if you want to hear about the monk and all the stuff out of the player's handbook when it comes to the monk. <clears throat> in this episode, we're going to dive into other stuff books. from yeah other books, stuff from Xanathar's Guide, and stuff from uh, Sword Coast Adventures Guide. That's gag. So we're actually we're going to do it in reverse order. We usually start with Sword Coast and then go to Xanathar's. This time we're starting with Xanathar's and we're going to Sword Coast. How come we're doing that? I just cuz just cuz just cuz that's what we want. Yeah. All right, let's so, do it. So the first subclass we're going to talk about in uh, in this episode is the way of the drunken master. Oh shit! Which is it's a pretty cool. Immediately thought of Rock Lee from Naruto, bushy really? bushy brows. Really? Yeah, because there's a um, episode oh, yeah. where he takes the he takes the stuff and fights uh, yes. Kimimaro or whatever. He fights Kimimaro. Yeah, yeah. That's, God, that was a good episode. Yes, it was. Yeah. Especially that part. Oh, Rock Lee. Rock Lee's great. Watch Naruto. It's good. Okay. <laughs> so uh, as I'm sure you've guessed, the Drunken Master focuses on fighting style that mimics the jerky and unpredictable movements of someone who is inebriated. Right. I think that's a key factor. The lore says you're not actually drunk. You're just oh, okay. faking it. It's, oh, okay. a, it's an act and a performance. You're, and this is you're using the unpredictability <clears throat> aspect, exactly. Of like and, a drunk person. And this reflects the actual drunken master fighting style in real life. It's pretending. It's mimicking the movements. There's a lot of good Jackie Chan drunken master stuff. Yes, yes. He's the one who made it popular and yeah. famous. Really. Kung Fu Cinema is a. Uh, mm. 
Yeah. I like it. It is. It's cool. Um, and, uh, and and the entire point is you're tricking your enemy into thinking that you're unbalanced and uncoordinated mm-hmm. when in reality you're maintaining complete control of your movements. Right. There's a lot of precision in what you're doing. Exactly. This is it's almost like a performance art in a way. And that reflects because you will get uh, proficiency in perform- performance for this subclass. Nice. Cool. So that being said, you can always reflavor it. It's like, no, you get drunk. <laughs> you could totally do that. I've Why trained not? my body to lie. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Okay. So, okay. At level three, you get your bonus proficiencies. Like I said, performance skill. But you also get uh, proficiency in brewer supplies, which, you know, makes okay, sense. Okay, sure. Yeah, yes. absolutely. And then the first actual feature you get is called drunken technique. So when you use your flurry of blows key feature, do you remember what the flurry of blows is? Can you tell me again? Okay. So <laughs> whenever when you make an unarmed attack, I believe you could spend a key point on uh, your turn to use the bonus action to make... Two more unarmed attacks. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah. So that's your flurry of blows. It's kind of the bread and butter for the monk. Oh, now I remember. Yeah. Like, because the it's hard at the beginning, early levels, because you don't get a lot of key points. Yeah, to play exactly. With. That's exactly mm. right. So, <clears throat> uh, drunken technique. When you use a flurry of blows key feature, okay, you gain the benefit of the disengage action, and your speed increases by ten feet until the end of your turn. Oh, that's cool. So you can zip around with this. You can punch the hell out of somebody. And then instantly disengage and move way the way far away. Yeah, you could spend the rest of your. Uh, is that how it works? You can spend like uh, like on your way out. You can spend other attacks on people that you pass by. If you have the extra attack option, you can do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's drink, good. Drink this water. Have a good water. Mm-hmm. Mm. Now the way I see this is, you know, as you're pretending to be drunk and throwing your enemy off, you know off balance you hit them with a flurry of blows and then you kind of like throw yourself back yeah <laughs> and you know that's why you get that extra 10 feet because you're kind of throwing yourself around cool i just think that's cool imagery so at level six you're going to get a feature called tipsy sway when you are prone you can stand using only five feet of movement which is nice because you usually have to use half, half. Your movement but also when you are missed by a melee attack you can spend a key point as a reaction to redirect the attack onto a target within five feet of you oh cool so it's kind of like you know, swaying around like this and like pushing the enemy's punch into somebody else. It's like water bending, using your opponent's energy against there, them. There we go. That <laughs> <laughs> again, really cool feature. I think I think you can get creative on the battlefield with this uh, subclass. I really like it. I will say that I think of the four we're talking about today, this subclass was the most lackluster to me. Oh, okay. Not to say that it's bad because it is quite good. I'm just saying the as we continue to go through these subclasses, uh, they I get see. a little yeah. crazy. They get a little more fantastic. They do. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Drunken Master, it's not boring by any means in my no, book. No, no, not at all. I'm not trying to say it actually is lackluster. I just mean in comparison. Okay. So at level 11, you get a feature called Drunkard's Luck. I, I like this one. You can spend two key points to cancel a disadvantage roll on an attack roll, skill check, or saving throw. Two key points, though? Yeah, I guess it is a lot, but by level eleven you're starting to stack. Oh, okay, key you points. got you have enough to like if you really need to save on. I mean, saves are really important. It's, it's a nice option to have on a really nasty save, critical yeah, stuff. Okay, absolutely. Or if you really got to get that last attack, like, I don't want to be whatever. poisoned or like <clears throat> magically feared. Yeah, or I don't want to die right now. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> I definitely don't want to die right now ever. <laughs> yeah. So and finally, <laughs> at level seventeen, you get a feature called Intoxicated Frenzy. When you use your flurry of blows, you can gain a total of up to five attacks, provided each attack hits a different target. Wow, that's fun. It is fun. Um, I'm not sure how I feel about this. It, it sounds cool. And it seems like it does a lot of damage, but the fact that you have to spread it out. So, like, you're never going to use this on a really big boss. No, you're going to use it on a mob. You're going to use it on a mob. You have to. Which, for a level 17 feature, can kind of feel lackluster. It's really situational. I hate... 
I don't know if you noticed this, but I don't like it when the final feature of any class option is situational. It's like, yeah. this is your big one. This is your level 17. You're probably not going to get something else better after this. Depends depends on your class, really. Uh, the fact that it's situational always leaves me a little disappointed. Yeah, I, I always look at it like like you're talking about, like your this should be your final move. This should be like your final yeah. flash, the your final Kamehameha flash. or something yeah, like exactly. that. Rasengan, I want something like that. But this is, to me, it sounds like... I think I've brought it up before, like uh, Dynasty Warriors. Mm-hmm. You're that you're this like big armored like monster on the battlefield, and there's like just so many bad guys around. And I really like the idea of like a level 17 character or a bunch of them acting as like generals out on the battlefield, right, right, and taking a squad with them. And like this is really cool. I'm gonna go and like take down these five dudes in one blow right now because level 17, you should be able to kill mob people. Oh in, yeah, like, absolutely. One hit. I completely agree with you. I just think. In D&D, the game usually lends itself to, like, a boss fight at the end of stuff. Yeah. Of course, you do not have to do it that way. Right. The game just kind of leans that way. And so whenever I think of a final, like, move, again, like you said, with the final flash or whatever big anime move you want to throw in there. But that being said, it's a solid move. It's a solid subclass. I don't know. You got any questions about the Drunken Master or anything you want to add to that? Nah. Is this a a subclass you'd be interested in rolling? Actually, yeah. I really like the um, the manipulating your movement on on the the combat grid. Mm -hmm. That's really fun to just like, oh, that's why. And uh, the last time I played a fighter, I took the, um, why do I always forget the name of this thing? That feat I took. That Um, Which feat did you take? Fat. Uh, oh, mobile. Mobile. <laughs> Shit, man. But yeah, it let it let me pretty much go and ram. do whatever I wanted you, to without you like consequence. The mobility. Yeah. yeah, that's fun. And as a fighter, like you need you need options. You need to be able to like, hey, I'm low on health right now. Let me get out of the way until somebody can heal me or something like that and give yeah, myself yeah, some tactical advantage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tactical advantage is always nice in this mm-hmm. game. Okay. Well, let's move on to the next one. Uh, the next path is called the path of the Kensai. Mm-hmm. Now. This is, okay, so Kensai in Japanese is basically, it can be translated to Master Swordsman or Sword Saint, like just like okay. the pinnacle of sword fighting ability. Really okay, cool. What it comes down to. D&D's kind of extended this idea of the Kensai of being a master of all weapons, or at least a couple specific ones, but what they are, it depends on your choices as a character. So these monks tirelessly train with their weapons until they see the weapon as an extension of their self. Right, okay. And you're going to get all kinds of bonus stuff. So monks can use, obviously, their fists. That's kind of what they're known for. Yeah. But there are certain weapons that monks are allowed to use that are called that are considered monk weapons. Yeah, I kind of recall that. There's They're very specific yeah, exactly. Okay. They're very specific. But the point of monk weapons is that like you can get your flurry of blows still when you use them. Nice. So the Kensai has basically gets... Well, uh, let's get into it. At level three, you're going to get a feature called Kensai weapons. And you get to choose two weapons from any of the weapons that are available. But one has to be melee and one has to be ranged. You are proficient with these weapons and they count as monk weapons for you. They're also going to be nice. known as your Kensai weapons, and a lot of your features are going to be based off of your Kensai weapons. Okay, cool. I'm also going to drink this water again. It looks good. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so also at level three, you, you get quite a few features for this subclass at level three. It's really front-loaded. You're going to get a feature called Agile Parry. Okay. If you make an unarmed strike while holding your melee... Ken- 
your melee Kensai weapon, you gain a plus two to AC until the next turn. Ooh. So basically, if you got a one hand, I don't know if you just chose a battle axe for one of your Kensai weapons, mm-hmm. and then you sock a motherfucker, <laughs> you got a plus two to AC. Because Sick. I take it because this hand's free, so you're using it to block. Right. Because remember, it's an too. extension of self, so you can use it more than just a weapon. Yeah, you're spinning it around a block, and like while you're doing a twirl, you just exactly. like clock sucker punch somebody right in the <laughs> Pretty jaw. Pretty cool, actually. That's really, that's really dope. You also get a feature called Kensai Shot. As a bonus action, you can add a D4 of damage to any ranged weapon attack you make with your Kensai weapon. Cool. So it kind of gives you a little bit edge of like, okay. You ready to throw that can, axe? Yeah, you can throw <laughs> that axe. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. So, yeah. So your Kensai weapons just do a little bit more God, damage. that's fucking scary. I heard God of War, you get an axe and you can like super throw it. Oh, the, yeah. new, the new God of War. Yeah, and yeah. It, it looks amazing. Oh, um, nice. Oh, yeah. So I thought yeah, I've heard good right things. Now. Yeah, and I've seen good things, so. And last but not least, for level three, you get a feature called Way of the Brush. You gain proficiency with either painter's tools or calligrapher's tools. Okay. So I guess this kind of feeds into like your your motions are an art form, I guess. Right. And like it's, visualization and like right. command over your actions and precision. Sure. Exactly. It's pretty cool. So at level six, you're going to get a feature called One with the Blade. Basically, the idea here is that not only do you see the weapon is like one with you but you can actually start to channel your key into your weapon so it really kind of does become a part of like supercharge it with like force well yeah kind of Uh, you get a few features you get a few sub features based off this one feature okay um one is called magical kensai weapons basically your kensai weapons are now magical oh nice hooray for you yeah that's good (laughs) super convenient you don't have to go find a magical weapon i just made it Indeed, with my soul. Um, the next ability you get is called Death Strike. You can spend one key point to increase your key, your Kensai weapon damage, equal to your martial arts die. Your martial arts die, I don't know if you remember, but I'm going to remind you. Please. Is your unarmed strike as a monk increases as you level. Like the oh, die yeah, size. Okay. It That's starts as a D4. Like sneak attack. I think it ends as a D12. Okay. So whatever your martial arts die, you can spend a key point to increase your Kensai weapon attacks. By your martial arts die. Well, not that makes sense. I guess I said like sneak attack, but it sounds more like the battle master um, feats or features. Like um, you start with like a D eight, I think, and then it goes up to the, the like the D ten, and then the, I think the D twelve. Um, yeah, I guess it, more I guess like so. that. Yeah, it just increases as you level. Well, that's cool, and, and it's I mean static. It otherwise, it should. Yeah, right. Hey, I have a question. Um, can you when you pick your Kensai weapons initially? Mm-hmm. Can you change them out, or do you ha- like if I picked an axe and like a bow? Is am I locked in for you know, the rest of the time I play? I wish I could say I knew for sure, but I didn't really look into that. But I think it said that you can change them, but I'm not positive on that. Yeah, that that I, seems like something you should like. Dude, I'm as gonna a get dungeon tired master, of, like, these weapons for however many campaigns we play. Yeah, as a dungeon master, I would allow it uh, if the character was like, you know, I thought axes were gonna be cool, but I'm not feeling them or whatever. For yeah, whatever reason, well, I want to do hammers. So that's so like, like more like, like right, a, you could do hammers. That's like that's more fine. like a retcon, right? Exactly, it'll be a retcon. I was thinking more like in like <clears throat> finding a reason to like pick up a different weapon, but you know, I was thinking it, maybe it's more a character choice because some of my characters I play identify with their weapon. So they're right. going to keep using the same type of weapon, mm-hmm. whether it be like, well, I lost this sword. Now I got this sword or like, I just have the same sword all the time and upgraded or whatever it is. That's, it's a, a sword is a sword. Almost all my characters are like that. Oh, okay. And that's just because I'm like that. So, and that's just something I never change about myself for sure. or my characters. I can see people being like, dude, I'm sick of this ax. Like right. it's fine right. and it does damage, but I really want to change it up to right. have like a katana or whatever. Now, granted, they probably did put in rules and I'm just not remembering them. So I would allow it either way though, basically okay. is what I'm saying. For sure. Um, but yeah, so, so that's level six at level 11. 
You get a feature called Sharpen the Blade. You can expend up to three key points to increase the attack and damage rolls of your Kensai weapons equal to the key points that you spent. And this lasts for a minute. Cool. One minute is so long yeah. in, in combat. So this is more about, I guess, your attack roll than your damage roll because a few points is awesome for an attack roll. For damage, it's okay. Okay. You, you understand what I mean? Yeah. Like changing your plus 10 to hit to a plus 13 to hit is huge. Mm-hmm. Changing your plus 7 to damage to a plus 10 to damage is pretty okay. It's all right. Yeah. It, it'll build over one minute. It's going to matter, yeah. but it's really going to total up to like one that's or two true. extra attacks. But also remember, you have to spend three of your key points for that. That's, that's a lot. That's a big chunk. Yeah. Man, so there it is. this this monks make me scared to spend key points for some reason. I feel like D&D... Makes a lot of players scared to spend their resources. Yeah, yeah, but really, when you're playing, you probably should just spend them as you see fit. Exactly. And, like, don't worry about it at the end. Exactly. You'll probably be okay because you used all these resources to give you like this advantage. So. Right now, uh, see, I started with fourth edition, so one of the things about coming to fifth edition, uh, which was really weird to me, was the whole spell slot thing. Even though I was already familiar with it from playing Pathfinder, oh yeah, because Fury is just like, oh, it's my daily. Or exactly. Okay. So, but and I remember whenever I would sp- uh, play casters for like the first time in in five E, I would always have that same feeling. I was like, oh, I don't want to use my spell because then it's gone, and when it's gone, I can't use it. <laughs> well, so, that's what's yeah. kind of cool about uh, playing a one shot is like, yeah, you just burn I, everything. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you know, <laughs> I'm gonna true. cap it out if I can. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and, and you should. And that, that's yeah. fun. So yeah. really, it's like a like I've been trying to figure out what the balance is as a player to like do i just do it all i think i'm just gonna start doing it all yeah just time. start doing it all and you'll get a better feel like I, right now like in the game we play i i have a paladin and i i think we're at a level we're what level four and it's a really weird level for the paladin because yeah. it's like i have a lot of options but yeah. i don't have a lot of uh, resources to spend. So, right. Like, I burn through my stuff real quick. Yeah, your utility right. is very high, and so it's easy to spend your your, mm-hmm. your resources on things you want to do. And I always see, I have the opposite problem you when it comes to my paladin of I always end up spending it because I always get excited about some creative idea. Yeah. I'm like, I'm okay. going to do this. And now I'm like, oh shit, I'm out of shit to do. Well, I think that's the better way to do it. Uh, yeah, well, I, not necessarily, but the way I'm going to probably do it there's a balance on. you'll find it okay yeah. let's get to the last feature for this uh for this subclass unerring accuracy so once per turn you can re-roll missed attacks with monk weapons now this is a level That's really good this is a level 17 feature i can get behind yeah man <laughs> you're never gonna miss it's gonna be great <laughs> you basically well, have an advantage increase, on everything all the time can you increase your huh? your use key points to increase you your can. you, you, like, get, you attack roll? Both. yeah those those features definitely oh, man. feed into each other so wait yeah. if i miss an attack roll after increasing my attack roll capability and when i re-roll it do i have the same increase yes because that that whole thing works for for at least every single one right i think for so. 10 turns yeah, I nice think so. maybe i should have i should have written I that down that right. but i think so i think i, think I, I would have yeah. written it down if that wasn't the case but. yeah because that would be me yeah so so like that that's see not specific it's something that's going to happen constantly you're going to miss why not get a re-roll right versus let's back up to the to the drunken master where it's like you get this awesome multi-attack but only if there's enough enemies for you to actually multi-attack yeah and no matter what your attack bonus is like if you're rolling twos and threes it's going to be probably misses I mean, yeah it's for rough. the most part so yeah, that absolutely you if could, you're fighting something on par with yourself yeah or, oh yeah or, definitely or, that yeah so uh so that's 
it for the Path of the Kin side. Do you have any questions, comments? No, that's really cool, actually. I like it. Yeah, yeah. I think you'll find these get increasingly cooler and better. These are like fighters, but not fighters at the same time. Yeah, they're like magic fighters, kind of. Yeah, kind of. What? What is this class? The monk fits in a very kind of odd place when it comes to the other classes. The monk isn't like any other class. Yeah, there's like really doesn't fit. There's like this blend of stuff going on. Like some there's some religious connotation kind of. Yeah, it's very much like the warlock. The warlock doesn't quite fit in with like the templates of the other classes. This is why it's spellcasting is treated different. Does the warlock feel more like the defensive spellcaster to you? Mm, Like as far as like like the abilities that you get as warlocks? They definitely give you options to keep yourself alive in the fray, which right. I, I think is awesome. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely bulkier by far than the Wizard or the Sorcerer, except for Sorcerer does have some options. Yeah. But uh, I guess so. I never really thought about them being the defensive spellcaster. Yeah, I was looking at Warlock. I'm like, wow, there's like comparatively they have a lot of speaking. O- offensive capability. Is yeah, what but I it's not them. as high damage output. And it's kind of like it's it's yeah, more limited than I thought isn't. it would be, it would be when I was looking at it. I know. I have like a mixed image of the Warlock because in in 4E, the Warlock's a fucking powerhouse. Mm. Like it, it kills motherfuckers. Oh. And uh, I haven't really played a Warlock in 5E. I just haven't really had the chance to. But I know Eldritch Blast is like the most powerful cantrip. Oh yeah, that's really good. Yeah, but okay. Well, we got to talk about the monk, and since we're off topic, let's take a short rest. Let's do it. (laughs) Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout, 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify is great. They're taking businesses of all sizes, cradling them in their arms, to help them grow by giving them the tools they need. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S., and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success at every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash dungeon cast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash dungeon cast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash dungeon cast. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. So wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the part of the episode where we're not talking about the last thing. Can you guess what we're talking about? Go ahead. Take a guess. That's right. It's you. What's up, everybody? Thanks for listening to the show. If you made it to this part, we love you. <laughs> yeah. No, no, we really we really appreciate you guys. Thanks for all the sweet stuff you've been saying in the comment section and on Lots iTunes. Lots of nice stuff. But really nice like stuff. A lot of nice stuff. Thank you, guys. Warms we read it heart. all and we really appreciate all of it. So thank yeah. you, all of you. Thanks for all the emails we've been getting. A little upswing in that. Um, appreciate all the stories. If you guys have a story you want to tell us, we like that, too. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's thank some people in particular. They have given us money. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the money, guys. Uh, No, thanks for the patronage. Jeez, man, thanks a lot. Appreciate it. (laughs) I hope you're enjoying the bonus content you have access to. Please take advantage of that. More's on the way. Mm -hmm. And ask us if you have any questions. uh, You know, we're available. But thank you to Austin Brothers. Thank you, Austin Brothers. Or is it Austin Brothers? Like two people. I I I don't know. Maybe it could be. It could be. Thank you or thank. Them? More than one of you. Yeah. <laughs> However many brothers there are. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, Grant Selmer. Thank, thank you. Thank you, Grant. Keith Driver. Thank you, Keith. Thanks, Keith. I sent you an email, Keith. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let us know. Uh, and Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. You have the most fantastic of these names. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, Christopher. <laughs> no, nah, not necessarily. It's just Christopher, which is fine. <laughs> anyway. Um, Thank you guys for um, subscribing to us on or subscribing. How does it work? Thank you for being patrons on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys, anybody out there that isn't one of these four people want to find us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash the dungeon cast. Check out our bonus content. There's a lot of stuff on there. There's going to be more stuff on there. Like we'll said, um, what do we want to talk about? Contest stuff, contest stuff. Uh, as of the dropping of this episode, this is the last day you got to join in on one of our two contests where we're giving away Morning Kindness Tome of Foes. The Foam of Toes. Indeed. And thank you for the validation on that, everybody. Yeah, yeah I saw that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're, we have two giveaways. One's on Twitter. If you want to join our Twitter giveaway of Morning Kindness Tome of Foes, all you got to do is tweet a link to one of our episodes out to your followers with the hashtag DungeonCast. I check every single day, and I like all the people that I find that have the hashtag DungeonCast that are doing the thing to enter the contest. So if you get that like, you know you've been entered. The other contest that you can enter is actually on YouTube. We have a video titled Our Morning Cuttings Tomophos Giveaway. And if you go to that video, like the video, subscribe to our channel, and leave a comment below telling us what you're looking forward to the most in the upcoming book, Morning Kindness Tomophos, you'll be entered in that contest. Both contest winners will be announced on the day that the um, that the book comes out, which is the 29th, which is tomorrow. So tomorrow. 
Well, it's so, not. I mean, like, it's not tomorrow. Is it not tomorrow? Well, well it's, it's not tomorrow from now. If you're listening to this on the day that it came out, it's tomorrow. That's true. But yes, like, that. if you listen to this after that, then like, what the then, hell are we even talking then, yeah. about? Then or it if just, then it just doesn't matter. Or in universe, if we're talking about the day we're recording this, which is actually now, it's a couple weeks from now. I, I think it's like eleven days from now. Or something I can't. Like that. I just. Thought, I, Anyways, I'm thinking the, about Doc Brown. Those are the two. Those are the two <laughs> contests, and how you enter them. Best of luck. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, if you guys do enter the contest by tweeting out a link and um, you you hashtag dungeon cast it. Um, also hashtag it uh, foam of toes to make me laugh. Oh, gosh, I guess. Yeah, go ahead. You're not getting extra credit for that. Yeah, though. it's nothing extra. It's just for me. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you guys so much for entering the contest. Tell your friends about that video. Um, let's get a lot of people in on this. It's really to just kind of uh, bring bring people towards the show. That's our goal here. So yeah, also, if yeah. you really want to support us, um, the Patreon stuff, super awesome, really cool. But telling people about the show is probably the best thing we can do to get word out about it. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And we really appreciate everybody that does that. We you know we we watch our numbers and they're. I mean, I'm happy. I'm a happy boy. Indeed. So indeed. thank you guys very much. Um, it's not possible without you. And um, I mean, it's not it takes both of us. Right. We have to record the thing. Yeah, we do. Yeah. But, (laughs) you know, so really, if you think about it, we're all doing a collab here. (laughs) Yeah, indeed. (laughs) But no, um, much love. Thank you guys so much. Um, Will, how how are your health points? Uh, I'm replenished, man. That's good. How many hit did you have to roll to do that? I was actually I didn't really have to roll any. I was I was pretty good. No damage yet, huh? No damage yet. Let's see if there's some traps in the upcoming part of the episode. (laughs) All right. Let's let's go back back to to the the show. using a wooden board and just punching the shit out of it nice and uh, my knuckles they bleed but they they're stronger now okay well it's time to talk about what i would probably call a stronger subclass so this is uh, a subclass i like into dragon ball z because it's all about shooting laser beams from your fists that's that shit i do like i know i know it is (laughs) so this uh this subclass is called the way of the sun soul so the idea with these monks is that they've learned to channel their life energy into searing bolts of light. Mm-hmm. Uh, through meditation, they've gained access to the indomitable light found in the soul of every living creature. So That's yeah. also that shit I do like. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Give it to me, Will. So level at three, level three, doing? you yeah. get radiant sunbolt. Basically, you gain <laughs> an atta- you gain an attack option to hurl bolts of searing magical radiance from your fists. And it's just something you can do now. This doesn't cost a resource or anything. Basically, you can make a ranged spell attack within 30 feet of you. The damage is going to be equal to your martial arts die, which we talked about earlier, plus your dexterity mod. It's essentially an unarmed strike at range that you can do that's also radiant damage. This shit is speaking to me on like <laughs> on a spiritual level, maybe? Spiritual, emotional level <laughs> that normally D&D doesn't speak to me as. I'm like, yeah, swing a sword. Great. Yeah, big fireball. Cool. Nah, this is that shit I do like. Now, you can spend key points to enhance it. So if you spend a key point, you can do it twice on a turn. Now, that's not quite the same as a flurry of blows but it's pretty close you know i liked it an amount and now i like it a double the more. double the amount well you can also <laughs> sub this radiant sunbolt for any attack during all of your extra attacks if you have that option oh what so you could punch punch you hell know, yes yeah. it's absolutely it's, it's really fucking cool i think i know what i'm doing at I, the yeah, end of the show i figured as much <laughs> all right so at level six you get okay let me pause for a second my only real criticism of this subclass, and I've made this criticism about other subclasses, is that pretty much every feature focuses entirely on combat. Now, I think it makes sense for this because it's giving you this entirely new thing that only you can do, mm-hmm. shooting laser beams out of your fist constantly. Yeah. And it does that extremely well. So it's not it's not a real criticism, but there could have been some utility added in here, but... 
Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, they, they're strictly combat blasts. They're not able to be used for like. I mean, you could use stuff for light. Yeah. So yeah, if you can manipulate your key, like so in Dragon Ball, they can like make stuff float because they use their energy to wrap right. it around that thing or whatever yeah. it is. That's how they fly. Is they right. push key out of their wherever. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I don't want to so, get into. Where you don't get. They push you, don't, it from. you don't really get much of any of that. So. Hmm. At level six, you get a feature called Searing Arc Strike. So immediately after taking an attack action, you can spend two key points to cast Burning Hands as a bonus action. Oh, that's cool. You can add one key point to level up the spell. Excuse me. Oh, like to, to go from like second level to third level? Exactly. Okay. But only up to a level equal to half of your monk level. So this is level six, so you can only boost it up to a to level three, three spell. Okay. So, so it really only starts working at level six then for that. Well, it only starts working at level six anyways, but like, oh, okay. okay yeah, it's a level sense. one spell in it its base form. No, it's Burning Hands is a level one spell. Oh, you're right. Okay. And so at level six, when you get this feature, you can spend up to two key points to, to get it up to a level, a level three. three. Yeah. Now. That's basically just upping damage on it, right? Yeah, exactly. It's going to be a bigger dice pool. So mm-hmm. I, what, by level 20, you can get this up to a level nine Burning Hands. I mean, that's, that's pretty, pretty strong. Yeah. Why Especially not? Especially with the, yeah. that's the cone, right? Yeah, it's a cone. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah, it's solid. It's solid. Having two people in a party that know Burning Hands and do them very <laughs> like often. Ours, yeah, we do. We, we certainly freaking do. It's very, do. very good. <laughs> D'Artagnan lights things on fire. It's just what he does. I just, yeah, <laughs> he really does. <laughs> so, okay, let's move on. Level 11, you get a feature called Searing Sunburst. I'm sure you're seeing the theme here. Yeah. You can create an orb of light and hurl it to a point within 100 feet as an action. It explodes. All, <laughs> all creatures within 20 feet must make a constitution save or take 2d6 radiant damage. So they can choose not to take the save or they have to save? They have to save. Well, yeah, I guess now, that makes sense. Why now, would you not? notice that this doesn't have a half damage feature. This is because you could just do this now. This doesn't cost you anything. You oh. could just make orbital light that explodes and throw it 100 feet, 150 feet away. And that's just something you can do on your turn now. Um, you can, <laughs> that's just something you can do now. Yeah, indeed. Congratulations. Uh, now, you can up the damage much the same way with your Radiant Sunbolt by using key points. Um, you get an extra 2d6 of damage per key point, up to three key points. So it's a base 2d6, and then you can add basically, what is that, six more d6. So you, this can be a total of 8d6 that you can do on a turn. Okay. Now, you do have to spend the key points part, but it's just that range is gnarly, and 2d6, nothing to sneeze at. So no. there it is. Yeah. I like um, this a lot. It's really cool. Level 17. Final feature, Sun Shield. You gain a luminous aura. You shed a bright light up to 30 feet and dim light an additional 30 feet. If a creature hits you with a melee attack while this light shines, you can use your reaction to deal radiant damage equal to 5 plus your wisdom mod. Again, I, this is a feature I can get behind because it's really of the cool. non-specificity. You just have an aura. If anyone gets close, they take damage. Awesome. That's fucking f- it's full of flavor. Full of flavor. I'm into full this a lot. radiant, juicy flavor. So bright. Indeed. <laughs> You're a shining star. Um, so, yeah. Any questions about the way of the sun soul? Um, I might have questions for you when I build it. Okay, yeah. Okay. Probably will. Which yeah. we, we're going to do a character build do. at the end of this episode. Indeed, uh, Starring me. Yeah, which he's thought nothing about nope. up until this moment. Well, just right now. <laughs> yeah, we're winging it. Okay, so last subclass that we're going to talk about. Who knows? Maybe you'll change your mind. This is definitely the most out there of the subclasses in a way. It's called the way of the long death. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, what's the long this is death? A, 
This is a really weird subclass. I feel like life is the long death. <laughs> yeah, I suppose <laughs> that you, you would be right. Okay. okay. So these monks are kind of like weird necromantic scholars that are obsessed with the physical condition of death. Okay. And they study it constantly to better their understanding of oh, life. This is like Naruto. Yeah. There's like a bunch of people that are doing You're like weird right. science this in Naruto. This is a lot like Naruto. <laughs> um, they dissect bodies. They rob graves. They eat corpses sometimes. They just kind of get into it. And oh, yeah. They wear dark garb. I'm not clear how this even works. <laughs> but somehow they get necromantic abilities from all this studying. Like, okay. God so, damn it, Jerry. We're not eating this corpse. <laughs> this was for the other thing we were going to do. <laughs> now, it, it's just not clear to me how, because they seem to approach it from a scholarly point, not a magical point. They're not like, they're not worshiping Vecna from my understanding. Yeah, they're doing like anatomy. Exactly. Yet they're getting basically what you'll find is necromatic magic from it. <laughs> cool. It doesn't make sense, but here we are. Well, science, Level three. Science plus magic equals just magic. I guess so. Uh, level three. Touch of death is the feature you get. You can extract vitality from creatures near death. When you reduce the target to zero hit, hit points within 15 feet of you, you gain temporary hit points equal to your wisdom mod plus your monk level. So you're kind of like energy vampiring them. <laughs> yeah, you're giga draining them. That's a necromantic ability. Cool. Cool. Okay. Is what it is. Sure. Whatever. Level six. Hour of reaping. You can take Sorry? <laughs> hour of reaping. Good. <laughs> uh, you can take an action to frighten those around you due to your connection with death uh, you just look scary I suppose all within 30 feet of you that can see you make a wisdom safe to not be frightened you're, you're like Steve Carell in Anchorman when he has the grenade he's like ah! yeah <laughs> that looks scary I guess so yeah that, that would be that would frighten me <laughs> level 11 mastery of death when you are reduced to zero hit points you can spend one key point to be reduced to one hp instead now this is a fucking feature nice i didn't write down if it's limited i think it's just limited by your key points so you could just keep doing this i think until you're out of key points there are monsters that nice. do this no i think there's a i think there's a ogre zombie does that yeah oh yeah i guess yeah the, it comes um, back to one no, I think that they make a con save, though. Oh, yeah, it, it is but, save reliant. But it's a similar concept, and mm -hmm. I think you're right, and that makes it more fitting to me. Cool. Mm -hmm. Very yeah, cool. I like that. Solid feature. So, uh, final feature at level 17, Touch of the Long Death. As an action, you can touch a creature and spend 1 to 10 key points. The target must make a constitution save or take 2d10 necrotic damage per key point spent. Half damage on a save. I think you... Well, up to 10 points here, so... Up to twenty d ten of necrotic damage. That's a lot a of motherfucker. That's, that's a lot. That's a hell of a hell of a hit. Yeah. Speaking that's, of uh, final moves. Yeah. That reminds me of in the first monk episode where we talk about the. Oh my gosh! It's the path of the. I can't even remember. It's like the main. It's the main path most people take. It's not the um, shadow monk, and it's not the elemental monk. It's just like your your standard regular monk. I can't remember the name of the path. That one. But that one <laughs> has a bonkers move where you like do the five the five finger, finger death, punch. death punch yeah yeah and like at some point no matter what plane of existence they're on within oh, yeah. these many days you can just like they just take mass amount of death and if they're reduced to half their hit points they just die <laughs> cool that's similar to this honestly that's a lot better than this but this is similar to that okay yeah I, so thought the way were, I thought you were going to be like the way, like the touch of the long death is going to be like uh, the plot of the death of a salesman where he just like dies at the end. I've never seen that. Or like you I live your life, that. you live your life till you're like 80 and you die in your sleep. No, so. I don't <laughs> like this subclass. I'm going to be honest. It's not my favorite. It it's, seems weird. It's just it, odd. It's like completely different than everything not else. Not fitting. I think the, the reason it was, uh, it was 
brought into the uh, into fifth edition is I think that this specific way of monks exists in Forgotten Realms. Okay, so like, well, we need to include it. So super it dark. It's, it's in Sword Coast Adventures, guys. It kind of so. feels like um, like other other classes have this subclass in them, like um, this like necromantic spin on the thing that is going right. on. Like right. I think the cleric has it. Yeah, there was the grave domain. Um, no, the grave domain or is no, actually, there's that actual there's necromantic. Yeah, yeah, that one. Yeah, absolutely. And there's probably others. I just can't remember what um, they are. Well, there's necromancy wizard. Well, yeah, yeah oh, that's like the main. Trying to think off the top of my head if there's another one. Mm. The oathbreaker paladin gets some stuff, but well, we'll talk about that in the next paladin episode. Okay. But yeah, it's it's definitely it's a necromantic spin on monks, which is cool but kind of odd. And I guess it's different enough from the shadow monk to to warrant its own subclass. Almost like get an evil scientist vibe from it. Yeah, I think yeah. you're supposed to. I okay. Think, I think that's kind of part of it. Yeah, I wonder what kind of role play like you would get. Like how creative can you get with this? Probably I mean, really creative. Yeah, but you could you could come up with something. I'm sure. Speaking mm. of which, let's come up with something and, and come up with the character Ooh, concept. Be right back. We'll be back. Hey everybody, we're back. Back at it again, Damn Daniel. Oh um, no. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I'm going to build a um, Way of the Soul Monk today, yeah. and they're going to fire key blasts from their hands. It's going to be fucking dope. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think uh, we'll talk about the character first a little yeah. bit. Yeah, tell us about your character, Brian. Um, this character was, um, what do you call it, recruited? I don't think that's the word, but they indoctrinated that's sure. kind of kind of similar to something i'm thinking about a little darker a little darker <laughs> but basically they were um born into being coming a monk mm-hmm. um this is a halfling female and uh all their life they trained really hard uh meditated a lot focused their body and their soul together and started gaining these abilities the way of the soul and uh this monk temple is some they worship like some kind of sun god or something like that to kind of go along with the flavor. Mm-hmm. That's not the biggest focus here. The biggest focus is that this is an organization more than like a temple, like a like a religious thing. Mm-hmm. This is um almost like the League of Shadows in Batman. Okay. Um like that's what they're called, right? like with Ra- Ra's al Ghul and mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they they have like a they have like a function outside of like their training. Um and yeah, they have a purpose. Life. They, they have, have a purpose. purpose. They, and, what, and what is that purpose? Uh, the eradication of the shadows and the darkness. Okay. Nice, so, so nice. basically, like hunting evil creatures yeah. and things I, like that. I think you had said like they have like a uh, an opponent organization, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's their their focus is like um, like cleansing and purification of of the land as they see fit. With like you know, you know, go through the monster manual. Pick pick the thing that is yeah, evil or whatever. Yeah, kill the undead, kill the fiends. Yeah, kill, yeah, kill exactly. the evil. Fight, All the bad stuff. Fight everything back. Pretty standard. There's a lot of like classic lore in D&D that's like that. So yeah, sure. They also, yeah, they have a rival organization that are these, um, what are they called? The Way of the Long Death. The Way of the Long yeah. Death. Yeah, fuck the, those guys. They want you to live your life and die in your sleep when you're 80. Yeah. No, they don't. They they're doing like bad science. They're doing <laughs> yeah, like bad monk, science. They're like bad monks. They're yeah. they're not. They don't see themselves as evil, but like a lot of people. Uh, see what they do and are like that's suspect uh, what the fuck yeah. how come nobody's doing anything about it and there are people doing about it just in secret they're mm-hmm. monks they're sun mm-hmm. monks soul <laughs> yeah, monks right okay so i'm one of these sun, uh, soul monks. sun soul monks um what's a cool name for a female halfling oh gosh i don't know um you didn't have anything in mind jessica jones <laughs> no okay no. no um uh isabel sure isabel what's something fantastical What's like a like a hobbitish name? Yeah, or give, me a one of those. Name? give me one of those. Um, I don't know. You just kind of take two words. Isabel Perryfoot. So, there we go. Yeah, Perryfoot. There we go. Um, so done. She, they, she's got really hairy feet, or she did because one day, um, 
the squad went out, her and her bros, her her monk bros went out and they went to go fight the the shadow monks, I guess we'll call them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they lost and got captured. Oh no. And a bunch of experiments <laughs> got run on them and stuff like that and um they ended up uh taking the souls out of their bodies and placing them into machines like Warforged. Mm-hmm. And uh a few of them didn't take and lives were lost, but uh my character survived. So these machines were made to like kind of program the soul inside to retain all of like the physical strength and spiritual strength of the monk, mm-hmm. but you know, manipulate them to do the bidding of, of the person in command. Right. So they were right. like, Oh, we're going to enslave these monk fighters and they're yeah. going to be super epic and awesome. Just like what they were when they came in, but they're going to do whatever we say. Yeah, they're going to work for us. But uh, my character is very strong in the way of the soul and <laughs> was able to like use the machine to their advantage. So, What's cool about this character, I think, is that um, they were able to break free free of the programming and and maybe they took a few people out on the way because I think what is really cool to me is like they get put into the machine and they like level up kind of because now their body is like metal. Right, and they right. have all of the mental strength that they had before gotcha. to like use their body as a weapon. Gotcha. Okay. So it's kind of like that feel. I like that. Also, I'm getting a, like a Wolverine Origins kind of kind of feel. Yeah, like, that's where he you're wakes right. up in the lab. He's like, oh, he breaks out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. That, that's her. <laughs> so let's picture that scene to like set the character as I pick it up to play. It. Okay. Here's a question. Now she was a halfling in her biological life. Uh, what is the what is the robot body look? It's like? definitely a very similar halfling style. Okay, so body. it's like a halfling. Robot. It's a now, now we'll be using the Warforge template from the Unearthed Arcana, so we're gonna have to pull that up on on Google Chrome on one of your screens over there. Okay, we'll do but, that. Uh, but yeah, just for people who who want to know where we're getting the Warforge numbers from, it's from the Unearthed Arcana. It's free to download. You can find it on D- on Wizards.com. Yeah, we're doing a little experimentation today. Indeed, indeed, we are. So yeah, yeah. Anything else you want to add about just what, that, what she what's she doing now that she's broken out? So her goal, um, her goal is the same. Um, Mm -hmm. But now she has this, I guess it's a lot more like Wolverine than I thought at first because the conflict is there mentally. Mm -hmm. Um, This character identifies with who they were in their normal physical body, Mm -hmm. but also can't relate to it anymore because now they're, they're in this more spirit based, like they're in this metal frame and they identify, they have this programming going on. So they identify with the machine. So they've taken on their name. Their name is now like, I think I'm going to call them one, one, nine. Okay. Um, so one, one, nine is now like I am one, one, nine and my goal is the same. I want to defeat the shadow organization. I want to free the spirits of my brethren that were also captured and weren't able to break free of their programming. So now there's all these like powerful, um, way of the soul monks running Mm -hmm. around under the control of the, uh, the opponent's organization. I like that. But because of my, uh, ability to manipulate the programming and the machine, like my soul is stronger so I can like focus my energy to Mm -hmm. override and I think I've become more powerful than they'll ever be uh, as like these like kind of like basically they've become enslaved and subjugated yeah, they by this. Have. They have. So I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm uh, in a good place to go wreck. Uh, it's <laughs> yeah, just a matter yeah. of like finding these fools. Again. Yeah, absolutely. That's your mission. So, OK, let's so let's actually let's actually build her. Yeah. So um, we should find that. We should find that. Let, page go first. ahead and find that PDF. OK, go so ahead. let's take another quick break. And we'll All come right. Back. We'll be back again. Back ready? again. We are again again. Indeed. God, we went away and came back. So as a warforged or in this case, just like a robot, you're going to get a plus one to strength and plus one to constitution. You're going to get a plus one to your armor class. And yes. you also you don't need to eat, breathe or sleep. And I believe you can take 
uh, long rest in only four hours rather than the full eight. Cool. So Sweet. Just that, like to recharge. That. I probably I mean, have to do it in the daytime because I have like solar yeah, panels you or something. Re- <laughs> you got to recharge the soul. Yeah. But let's roll some dice. Let's roll some ability scores and figure out you know what, what Isabel's f- looking like. Did you forget the dice? No, I have the dice. Oh, you have the dice. Yeah, okay. I have the dice. I just, okay. I fucking love rolling dice. Well, oh, I do. I it's, do too. It's D&D, man. Indeed. It's uh, great. It's an addicting feeling. Yeah, I like gambling. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's roll some dice. I'm going to roll dice. Okay. Uh, really bad. Uh, four, two, two. So it's an eight. I dropped that one. It's okay. Okay. You got to be bad at something. I'm bad at something. Let's not be bad at too much stuff. Ooh, Ooh six, six, five. Drop uh, 17. Four. Nice. My gosh. Cool. Nice. Fun. Okay. Well, you're good at something as well. Yes. <laughs> good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, uh, six, six, five, four. four. And I'll drop this what one. Is that 15? Mm-hmm. Okay. You got a good character. Yeah. <laughs> four, 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 four. I rolled four, four fours. You did. You did. That's 12. It's fucking, uh, I saw into the future right now with all these fucking fours. I know. Okay. Three, four, five. So what is that? That's 12, 12. again. Yeah. All right. You get one, two, three. You got one more ability score. Okay. Let's do it. Ah. Uh. Six, five, four wow. again. Another four. Man. It's another 15. I think we were due because uh, we a lot of our characters stats, are really bad. Especially you. Yeah. Oh, do, you okay, remember my, uh, do you remember my bard that I rolled? It was particularly bad. Um, my evil bard? Yes. She was not great. No. Yeah. So. I forgot okay. her name already. <laughs> uh, I don't remember Jade. either. No, you made Jade Hudson. I made, no, I made Jade Hudson. You made Jade Hudson. Yeah. Ah, I made cool. Yasara. That's what I made. I think Jade Hudson in the campaign we're running. Because oh I thought it was real cool. Okay. Um. <laughs> so let's let's go ahead and uh, place these ability scores. Your highest is a 17. You also have two 15s and two 12s and an 8. You get a plus 1 to strength and con. Your main stats as a monk will be dexterity and wisdom. Okay. So I think I want to put the 15s in dexterity and... Or no, no, no. I want to put the 15s where I get the plus 1s. So they become 16s. Okay. Well, remember wisdom's important too. Right. So I have, I have that 17, right? You have a 17. Yeah. Oh, okay, let me put the um, let me put the seventeen into dex to Good really move. get that AC up. That is a smart because I get the plus one to AC plus the plus one to dex, so it'll be eighteen. Yes. So it'll be four for the ability score mod, and then the plus one to AC that I get with the racial. Wait, wait, wait. So you have a seventeen to dex, but your your racial you're only get a plus one to strength and con. Oh, you're right. Yeah, okay, yeah. so it's seventeen. No, I'll still do that. Yeah. You're right. Okay, smart move. Okay, so um. Now you have two 15s. Your next important would be wisdom. You should probably put a 15. In Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which makes that a plus two. Now it's your choice where you want to put that last 15 in strength or con. Um, if you, if you want to get that racial bonus. Um, okay. Hmm. Yeah. Let's put it in con. Good move. So that'll be actually be a 16. That'll be a plus three. All right. So now you have two 12s and an eight and your ability scores left are strength, intelligence and charisma. So um, let's do strength as the next highest, then intelligence, the one after that. And charisma is my dump because I probably don't have much of that anymore. I'm a robot. Yeah. There's a lot of um, halflings still in there mentally. Right. But only for more like a a knowledge bank resource. Um, And like emotion probably bubbles up sometimes as like, you know, from the soul. Right, right, absolutely. Now, you said you wanted to build an, a level 11 monk, so that means you're going to get two chances for feats or ability scores. Okay. So level four, what do you want to do? Did you want a feat or an ability score? Uh, I want ability score plus two to strength. Plus two to strength? Yes, as a canonical thing, they learn to use the mechanical body to their advantage more. Okay. So oh, wait, that- do you think I should do that with wisdom? Like, where where am I firing my, my lasers? Your lasers are, are based, based off on- of dex and wisdom. 
Oh, so maybe. everything is a monk is dex and wisdom. So strength isn't that important. Strength is basically not important in a mechanical sense. Right. It might be important to you in a character sense it's, or a skill sense. No, it's not really that. It's it's more of like uh, I kind of want to put into like by level four of this. Um, well, see, the way I built the character was it was a um, they're a halfling for a long time. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. Like they become a uh, warforged at level 11. Oh, I see. That's what I that like, well, maybe they were like level nine and they become the Warforge and they level up a couple times because they're like, oh, I'm more powerful now. Okay. I don't know, but let's put it into um the wisdom then. The plus okay, two. so that's gonna become a 17. Cool. And then at level eight, you get another choice between a feat and ability score. So what do you want to do at level eight? Um at level eight, hmm. There's probably a cool feat I could take, but I think I really want to split. Uh, two ones across the board there. You probably want your dexterity and wisdom to both turn into an 18. Let's do that. Yeah, Yeah, let's really make my character sharp. That makes a lot of sense. All right, so the way I'm looking at it now, you have an 18 in wisdom and an 18 in dex. You have a 16 in constitution, 13 in strength, 12 in intelligence, and 8 in charisma. You're a really strong but still well-rounded character. Nice. Yeah, good. Very, very nicely done. Um, so for your armor class, as a monk, you're going to have your unarmored defense. Okay. So it's basically your dex mod plus your charisma mod. So you have an 18. You have an 18 AC. Cool. Plus one for being a Warforged. Warforged. So you have a 19 AC. Damn. Indeed. I'm Let's pretty, go ahead and roll big, your... Big boy. Indeed. Let's go ahead and figure out your HP. So con mod is a plus three. Uh, I believe a D8 is your hit point die. So you're going to start with 11 HP at level one. Um, and we're going to move up from there. So oh, 11 is a lot. So there's going to be 10 D6s. Wait, am I rolling D6 or D8? Or D8s, I mean, yeah, 10 D8s. Okay, I got five here. So let me start rolling. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I have, wow, I rolled three twos. So that's six. Uh, and then plus three is nine, and then plus five is fourteen. So, so fourteen, and then this is my last five. Okay, that's good. I got an eight and a seven. I got three seven. So twenty one plus eight is twenty nine plus three is thirty two. Thirty two. Okay, so that's not so, so bad. So that totals that wasn't including the original fourteen, right? That you rolled. No. Okay, so that's a total of forty six plus your eleven is fifty seven. Plus 30 points because you get a plus three to con for every single level. Nice. So you're going to have 87 hit points. It's not as good as it could be, but that's how D&D works. Yeah. No, it's solid. That's a solid you're amount. Solid yeah. Through through. With the AC, man, I'm, I'm kind of monstrous. So you're going to have Flurry of Blows. You're going to have key points to spend on different things. You're going to have laser beams that come out of your fucking That shit I do fist. like. Yeah, indeed. Um, I think you get to do the burning hands deal. Yeah. So you get at this level, you'd be able to spend enough key points to get up to a level five. I want the burning, burning hands. hands to be like, uh, like Spider-Man style almost like something like comes out of my wrist, like something like a, a chamber in my wrist, like, uh, rotates around and there's mm-hmm. like a little, like, um, like a little gun barrel that comes out and like sprays fire. That's pretty dope. I like that a lot. That's pretty badass. <laughs> Did you have a background in mind? Um, you know, it would have to be like alkalite or something like that. Alkalite, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. I think you get religion and I, I can't remember what the other one is, but you get religion for that. And I think, okay, that actually makes a lot of sense. And then you get free setup you in, would in churches. Get free, uh, like shelter and food and whatnot right. from other people of your order out there. So that's really cool. I like that. So acolyte. Okay. That's really nice. Nice. I like that. 
And uh, yeah, so that's that's the basics of your character. We could choose skills and get in the nitty gritty, but yeah, that's not really yeah, necessary. Yeah, we, we flesh it out later. Yeah, um, we put it on a character sheet. But I really like your character, Isabel Perryfoot, or one one nine. One one nine is the new new name. The the warforged monk with a, a path for revenge. Yeah, like everybody it. still calls her Isabel, but she refers to herself as one one nine now. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Like it's kind of a it's kind of like this mental tear that's going on where like like well I'm Isabel. But I'm I, I am a Perryfoot and I am a, a soul monk and that's who I'll always be. But I'm also one one I'm one one nine now. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I like it. That would be a character that would be fun to really explore because it's kind of like kind of like with Norman where like Norman doesn't know who he is or where he's going. It seems like one one nine is kind of reaching that. Point oh, from where, the fighter episode. Yeah, from the fighter. Yeah. Episode. It seems like one one nine is kind of at that point where it's like I'm this new person now and I don't know what that means or where this goes, but I guess I'll find out. Yeah, and like no matter where they go, their charisma is just so dump. Yeah, they're, they're just they're more not robo- very likable. Yeah, like like <laughs> halflings are super likable and like brave and all that. But and not people, when they're putting robot bodies. Not when they're putting robot bodies. So the robot body I want to get a little more specific on is a little bigger mm-hmm. and bulkier mm-hmm. and but still halfling like maybe like it specifies medium. Maybe on, like the build of a dwarf. Kind of like the build of a dwarf, but no, no, because I I picture dwarves like so stocky. They are this stocky, this yeah. build is more maybe to lend to like the dexterity side of things, um, longer legs, longer arms, kind okay. of deal. So kind of, maybe in somewhere halfway between like a, like a short human size, a short human. Yeah, okay. you're like a five footer probably. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. All right. Well, you got a pretty cool character. We'll try and get that uh, that character sheet filled out and we'll put it up on Twitter. Nice. So with that, I think we're done and we can call it a game. Let's call it a game. All right. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.